Yeah, you don't get a Canadian villain on The Bachelor, no. really. You either, it's like Canadians once in a while make a serial killer. But other than that, <laughs> it's pretty much just like, oh, hello, how are you? Good day. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Oh, hello. <laughs> we are recapping episode five today of The Bachelorette. Halfway home. Halfway, more or less, yes. Well, how, how are you feeling about the pace of a season has it gone by faster than you would expect or has it been kind of a slog it's now at this moment has gone by fast when it's happening <laughs> no that's exactly how i feel when i recap honestly suddenly it'll be episode six or seven and i'll be like wow how did this happen but during i'm like oh <laughs> it's it's a really a metaphor for existential you know our existence in life <laughs> life itself it's kind of true mm-hmm Shall we begin? I think we shall. So episode five kicks off with a very harmonious vibe in the house. Very harmonious. Mm-hmm. Nice light guitar playing to open it with a yeah. beautiful vista. Yep. Yeah. There's men cracking each other's backs. And, and that was that. That was an edited crack. It was no one can get a crack that satisfying. I don't know. That sounded pretty convincing. Oof. I mean, it sounded maybe played up a bit. Yeah. I mean, they amped that. That was a solid crack. <laughs> I was envious of that background. Uh, as was I. So we see some sweet shots of Connor B and Greg hugging mm-hmm. in an embrace. It's very sweet. Yeah. In general, the vibe in the house is very. And nothing wrong is going to happen ever again. Obviously. Yeah. Very harmonious. It's the beginning of a horror movie, basically. <laughs> basically, yes. Yeah. We hear Josh saying, it's refreshing to feel like we're having a new fresh start. I'm excited to at least have some weight off our shoulders. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> Enter a lot more weight on shoulders. Yes, exactly. It's interesting to me how the show likes to compartmentalize its drama. You know, mm-hmm. God forbid Blake comes in while Thomas is still there being all villainous. Right. You can never have two villains. No. In the Bachelor franchise. No. They had to wrap that one up and then bring in someone new. Yep. So we get a girl chat with Caitlin and Katie. They're taking a little stroll. Mm-hmm. I was glad to see this because I felt this was missing last week. I agree. The discussion over Caitlin having let Nick on to her season. And so Katie's getting her take. I just thought the host role really worked here. It just yes. felt like very natural. Yes. And they discuss how the guys are going to be upset. Mm-hmm. Taisha visits the guys. And I do like how they're divvying up those host roles. Yeah. That's the way it should be. They yeah. shouldn't always be like, a, you know, the super friends. Like, yeah. Try to, try to you know, use your individual skills separately. Totally. And I think that could also be applied to when they come in to announce that it's the final rose of the evening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need both of them to come in to do that. I agree. <laughs> All right. Right off the bat, we get our first word watch of intention slash intentions. Mm-hmm. Last week, we asked you to try to guess how many times you would hear the word intention or intentions in this episode. And we get the first one here. I think it's safe to say that if you guys are here, she obviously knows your intentions are genuine. Tasha tells the guys that a man reached out to her. And right off the bat, number two. In a man that I know has good intentions. She tells the guys that Katie and the man have met and that she wants to explore that potential and that he will be arriving soon. Potential. Potential? I think potential is going to be our word. The word of the week, next week, word watch. That's right. Got that, guys? Potential, uh, not potentially. No, just potential. That's going to be a lot of work, that one. Are you sure you want to take that on? 
Oh, how many potentials are you? Do you think there are going to be more than half a dozen potentials? And by the way, anyone wondering, the word watch is Andy's department. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I just know right. that you fell asleep a lot in this episode and we had to rewind to make sure we didn't miss any intentions. <laughs> so I just want to make sure you're prepared to take on a word that is both an adjective. Adjective? Yeah, an adjective and a noun. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm ready. Okay. I, I am. I am ready for this. All right. I'm going to do it. So Blake finally arrives. He enters and says, what's going on, guys? And I swear you can see the fellow Canadian, Brendan, in the room want to greet him all friendly. And then he realizes he's supposed to give him the silent treatment. Breaking all Canadian protocols. (laughs) Also, I just want to mention, Brendan's reaction could really be from anywhere. It wasn't necessarily to Blake's arrival. I always like to point out these things, that the the reactions we see are not necessarily Hmm. from the moment we were shown them. And we see Aaron just say, Blake. Blake. So generally this icy reception, I'm just pointing it out because I wonder if it actually did unfold this way. Well, you were mentioning that you thought that they had been sitting around forever. Yeah, actually, I, that was in reference to later, but it's, it applies here too. The guys have been told to sit there and wait for something to happen. And then Tasha arrives. Mm-hmm. And then they're told to sit there and wait while, I suppose, Blake arrives and then they're going to have to, when he gets the date card, be there again to see him off on his date and for Katie to arrive and talk with them. It's basically four separate gatherings where they're not allowed to just go off and do their own thing. So I always like to remind viewers of details like this because it certainly is not going to help the mood. There's just a, like a dozen cranky guys. A dozen cranky guys who maybe want to go for a run or go yeah. eat something. Or maybe they're, you know, there's just, they want to move around and not just focus on this. And instead they're told they have to sit there for probably hours. So just something to bear in mind. But in this context, I do wonder if the guys really did receive Blake with such an antagonistic vibe. Obviously, no one's ever excited to have a new guy around. But I don't know. This felt a little edited to me, especially how, and I'll insert it, you see Brendan and Aaron... They show Brendan's reaction and Aaron's reaction, Aaron saying Blake, and then suddenly the next shot, they're both leaning forward. So Mm. something happened. There was enough time in between for them to lean forward. Just little things like that. I wonder if they really were as cold as it seemed. Mm -hmm. I like how Blake starts off with, I know exactly how you feel right now. I know all of you don't fucking want to see me here. And the only reason I'm here is because of Katie. And we hear Michael say... We're all here because Katie's awesome, too. The only other question is why you'd come halfway through. Why spend the whole time there if you can only spend half the time there? (laughs) Yeah, and once again, this is just a a nice, subtle reminder of who the real villain is. We talked about this last week. The real villain is not Blake for coming in halfway through. Production. Yes, good job. Thank you. Blake even says, would I have liked to come on earlier? Sure. (laughs) <laughs> why do we think he didn't come on earlier by choice because right. he, he couldn't find the place right like he did he wanted to be on tv less <laughs> it's like i don't want too much tv just a medium amount of tv <laughs> all right and so now the date card arrives and of course it's mm. a one-on-one with blake's name shocking. on it yeah shocking he's like the mike tyson upset <laughs> wait what do you mean when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas, it was on that level of unlikeliness. Yes, yeah, they don't they don't go subtle on this show. No, nuance is is not accepted. No, it's not. No, leave your nuance at the door. Yeah, subtlety, <laughs> nuance. 
And then we hear a voiceover of Blake's that goes, and this was heavily Frankenbitten, which mm. of course, by the way, there was a ton of Frankenbitten. Oh my, I this. felt like the whole episode was one big Frankenbite. Yeah, I feel bad for the editors. I mean, that was a rough job. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, when you have those buckets of words. You have buckets. <laughs> so from. many buckets just yes. grabbing. You know what it reminds me of is those uh, fridge magnet games with the words. Oh my God, you create totally. sentences. <laughs> yes. So we hear Blake saying, if some of these guys are mm, mad, mm, I really just don't mm, care. Total natural Hold sentence. On. If some of these guys are mad, I really just don't care. I think it's funny how they're trying to pigeonhole him into a villain when no self-respecting Canadian would ever say this. Like he's the right? worst tree to be barking up in terms of trying to. You can't make villainize a, villain. a Canadian. Yeah, you don't get a Canadian villain on the Bachelor, no. really. You either it's like Canadians once in a while make a serial killer, but other than that, it's pretty much just like, oh, hello, how are you? Good day. Yeah, it's clear what they're trying to do with Blake, and it's it's not working. No, like that's truly the the worst thing they could get out of him, and it was Frankenbitten. <laughs> literally, they're pulling they're pulling sound bites from before he was even on TV. <laughs> Like was someone rec- did he do any YouTube videos in like 2012? They take it from when he was on Clacious season. Like, <laughs> let's hear, let's get him saying I don't care from Clacious season. It's like his voice has changed. He's literally so old that his voice like matured since then. <laughs> it's like cracking in the old sound bites. So Katie finally arrives, and of course the guys are the poor guys are still in their U-shape formation. Oof. Yeah. Poor guys. So she sits right down and opens the floor and asks them how they're feeling. This is such a leading question. <laughs> She's like, how are you feeling, suckers? <laughs> they are silent in response to this. And she says, oh, boy. And then they laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was nice of her to just see how they're doing. Sure. But at the end of the day, she's like, no, I mean, fuck all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> this is my journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So Blake has his one-on-one. And then, of course, because Blake has a childhood fear of horses, he is put on a horse on this date. How did they find that? Is that something he told them about, like, previously? Well, during casting show? weekend, they give you this enormous packet of questions to answer. And one of them is, any fears or phobias? You know what? I would just say I have, like, a really terrible fear of, you know, going on a boat of, ride. Of like, a beautiful <laughs> boat ride where you, like, just get to swim with, like, whales and stuff. Yeah, and play with kittens all day. Yeah. That's what you should do if and when you go on this show. <laughs> yeah, these guys are these guys are missing the cue. Have I lost you? Oh, uh, I'm back. <laughs> Were you thinking about kittens or swimming with whales? I was thinking about a nice boat and swimming and whales and kittens. You're missing our vacation that we just returned from. Yeah. So they go off horseback riding and Blake asks Katie, have you traveled a lot? And Katie says, yeah, I've been to Ireland and Taiwan. And he says, ever been to Africa? And she says, no, have you? And he goes, yeah. (laughs) That's what I I usually like when I meet people. That's one of the first things I say. Wait, you. Yeah, I just brag about being to Africa. I mean, I understand the point of this was to bring in the context that he works at, in Africa once in a while to work with wildlife, which is super cool. It was just a bad segue. Oh, I actually hate it when people do that. They ask a question clearly wanting to reveal something about themselves. Like Instead of just saying that, be like, I work in Africa once in a while. Yeah. Don't be like, do you like to travel? Who cares about all those countries? Have you been to Africa? Yeah. I have. Oh, I was just thinking, were you ever voted class president in high school? 
I was. I have to admit, it's cool that he goes to Africa oh, absolutely. for a month here and there for work. But yeah, something about this rubbed me wrong. But we're being so picky. I think production was like, you got to slide that in somewhere. And he was like, oh, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time. <laughs> hey, uh, you ever been to Africa? <laughs> I have. Let's talk about it. So they sit down. Blake tells her it feels not only good, but also right. Hmm. And they kiss. And this was a shockingly good makeout session. I feel like I, I have to admit, I think Katie was looking for this kiss for a long time. Way really? longer than we thought. Oh, oh, I feel like there was some background build up to this. It just doesn't seem like th- the date wasn't there wasn't enough there for there to be that hot a kiss after it. I think that she and him have had something. Interesting, because she told the guys when they asked her what the extent of communication was, she said that he had DM'd her basically mm. a one-liner being like, good job on your season. Okay, well, that's a white lie. It's like, yes, he did DM me that, but he also DM'd me some other things. And I DM'd <laughs> back, and then there were some photos some and videos. <laughs> interactive but uh no i think there was something going on no i agree with that i think the truth probably lies somewhere in between i doubt there were nudes but i think there was more than just a hey good job this season i agree it's almost like if i if i was like a psychological profiler i would say that he was almost acting like he had never met her before in both the first scene and the date oh so you would go so far as to think that they had facetimed before well they i feel like yeah, I, I got the feeling like he was like, OK, you can do this. You can do this. Make believe you've never met her. Oh. And like I felt like the whole time there was this kind of wink, wink. Like, I know we've met, but we're going to make believe we haven't met. That, that's just me. I may be no, maybe I, going off. On I don't limb. think you're necessarily wrong about that. She says he's a good kisser in the moment to him. Mm-hmm. And back at the house during a montage of kissing in the hay. Yeah, that's totally just randomly happened like that. Yeah, yeah, there happened so to be happened to a be lot hay. of hay on yeah. which they could. They happened to be rolling in the hay. Yes. Just so happened. And we hear Greg and Connor be discussing their concern about Blake. And I just think it's cute that the two guys who are such front runners, you feel they really understand her. They recognize that he is Katie's type. That's actually a very intuitive recognition when you know someone well enough to know their type. Yes. Then you really know them. That's yes. a very good indicator. Yeah. And I know exactly what they're talking about. Totally. Because sometimes I've been with, like, I've been dating girls in the early stages where it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm on steady ground yet. Yeah. And I feel them like talking to some other guy and I'm just like, oh, that's that guy. That's, I got to watch out for this. <laughs> but not that guy. Oh, interesting. But that guy. You've felt that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greg says he feels not only is Blake a contender, but a big one. Mm-hmm. You're, you're right. This shows, this shows how well those two guys know her. It also was just another sweet moment between Greg and Connor B, which is the new relationship. I'm that enjoying I'm the bromance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to see a spinoff with those two. Yes. So the group date card arrives and going on this date will be Greg, Courtney, Aaron, Mike P, Michael A, Andrew M, Josh, Justin, Brendan, James, Connor B, Trey and Hunter. An intimate gathering. An intimate gathering. And so Andrew S. will be getting that one-on-one. As he should. So it's now the evening of Blake's date, and Katie says they're the same. She says she doesn't know if that's a good thing or not. I thought this was huge, because I've often felt that we're the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about opposites attracting, and I do think that opposites have attracted in some ways with us, but we're really similar. Yeah, we even we got think. the same zit. <laughs> yes. It's unbelievable. I don't know if they can see it on, on the Maybe YouTubes, I can try to zoom but- in. But I, we on our vacation, we got the exact same zit in the exact same spot. <laughs> I haven't gotten a zit on my face in 
Over, well over a year. Yeah, you possibly never get, years. Yeah. You don't get zits oh, on I, your Oh, I face. get zits, but on my chin. On I chin. never get them on my chin. And we both got a zit right yeah, here. On the same spot. Like, I feel like this, it's almost like Matrix level. Like, I feel like this is not even real. How is that possible? <laughs> we had a good laugh over that. But the point, not, not to sidetrack, the point is, is that opposites attract maybe initially, sexually. Yeah. But for a long-term thing, it's always you want to be seen and you want to see yourself and the other person. You yeah. want to feel like you are be, the universe is aware of you. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So I I think that that is big. Yeah, I agree with you. So over dinner, Blake asks an, an opening question. Have I you want- ever been to Africa? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I already asked that. He says, I want to personally know what has made you so open and sex positive and being like vocal and public about it. Almost as ridiculous as the Africa question, but in another way. (laughs) Because I think a lot of people see the surface level of the humor part to what you are. And in sex positivity, I think there's just so much more to it. Oh, my God. Okay, so she tells her story. Yeah. And of course, it's every bit as moving as it was last time she told us. And of course, I understand he wasn't there for that. He wasn't privy to that information in the setting in which she first shared it. What I find interesting is that you don't have any conversation on a one-on-one date without running it past a producer first. So when you part ways after the day portion and then you get ready for the evening, you often eat your real dinner yeah. and you're with a producer the whole time and that producer usually comes and sits down with you and is like so what do you think you're going to talk to Katie about tonight mm-hmm. you don't just throw whatever you want into that slot you, it's been vetted so what I find interesting about this is the fact that this was green lit and possibly I would I would venture to say encouraged by production I think it was rehearsed I would go as far as saying it was rehearsed well I don't want to say rehearsed because I don't I think Blake is just the puppet in this scenario but I find it interesting that producers would put Katie in that position where she had to share that again all over again why would they do that I mean thankfully she seems open and willing and like she wants to share her story and I, I get that and that's wonderful but I find it just interesting that knowing what's going on behind the scenes that that was there were puppet strings in in making you do that again i almost felt i was thinking about this was it it felt so strange to make her like reiterate almost paraphrase it again here's the thing is i think he's right Mm -hmm. i do think that there is more to sex positivity than just like waving a dildo around and being like ha 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 i love sex like i think he's right there's so much more to it but by that same token by his own admission there is more to it, and therefore, is that an appropriate first date question? It's clearly not an appropriate first date question, nor is it an appropriately phrased first date question. But it had to be asked. They knew that, okay, here's a new guy. This is like the really serious part of Katie's story. We yeah. have to reiterate it to him. Otherwise, the audience assumes that he just knows it, and it gets awkward. So it's awkwardness on top of awkwardness. It's yeah. awkward that Katie has to retell the story. Yeah. And inappropriate for her but it it kind of feels necessary because otherwise he doesn't know he doesn't know so it's kind of they're in a catch-22 i I, guess i feel bad for everyone involved i don't feel bad for the production though (laughs) i don't know just something about them being like what do you want to talk to katie about maybe you should ask her about this like i just i don't know if i believe that this is what he would have chosen to ask on their first like dinner date never in the history of mankind has anyone on a first date asked someone why they're so sex positive i would agree with that or on a second date 
And of course, I don't want to belittle the fact that Katie's story is really empowering for a lot of women who have gone through what she's gone through. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I appreciate what they're getting at. I just something about this felt a little like they're juicing this. I agree. The show is juicing their association with her story. I agree. Katie says the conversation with Blake is easy. There's no awkward pauses or surface level topics. What convinces me most actually about their chemistry beyond their obvious kissing chemistry is how she looks at him. Mm -hmm. She really is looking at Blake. She's into Blake. Yeah, with like like an excited smile on her face. And then they go and dance to Lane Hardy. And there was a voiceover of Katie saying, we were in our own little world, dancing, listening to Lane Hardy. And Lane you laughed Hardy. so hard. So good. Lane Hardy was like, listen, I'll do the Bachelorette for free, but you better say Lane Hardy somewhere in there. Lane Hardy. Not Lane, not Hardy, not country music. Lane Hardy. All right, it's finally an enormous group date, and the hosts are Wells and photographer Franco. Yeah, how did he get that shot? He's been on a lot of group dates as the photographer. Oh, so now he's stepping up. And it will be a battle of bash ball, which is rugby meets basketball. And as usual, the losing team will be sent home. They love to have these things where there's going to be someone hurt. They, they do that all the time. Yeah, and they like to have the, the stakes. The stakes have to be higher. You can't just win or lose. It's like if you lose, right. you're not getting any time with Katie tonight. Right. If it's just a game, people aren't going to go all out. But they make it so that someone's going to get hurt. It was like the boxing thing, yeah. right? With mm-hmm. Jared and whoever. I wonder if, I feel like just based on what happened to Michael in this date, holy shit. Holy shit. This is so dangerous. It's so he's lucky that he still can walk. They were not wearing any protective gear. If this were rugby, they would have all sorts of padding. They were in these little like speedo suspenders. But also these things. guys aren't trained to take hits. No, exactly. They're not trained to take hits. They're not trained to tackle in a way that's like, but I don't the, know, safe. No. The fact that he was taken from behind. Ridiculous. He could have really I mean, broken something i thought he was i thought he was seriously injured i thought he had whiplash and possibly like a broken back and as we discuss later and we will get to this we think he actually is extremely oh, he's, injured. he's injured i think he herniated a disc the way he's the, the way he moved the way afterwards. he can't lean forward yeah that's like an l3 l4 l5 herniation i'm telling you you have to recognize that when you have very very big guys who work out all the time mixed with some guys who probably don't work out much and aren't very big yeah you shouldn't have really violent contact sports. Also, Michael's 36. He's at least a decade older than yeah, it's some re- of the... It's, like- it's really messed up. It's what's so weird was there's so the show is so safe in so many ways and then it's so unsafe. Yes. I'll never get over the boxing thing. Yeah. Where they had like a 250 pound. That was like, Caitlin's season, right? Like rugby player boxing like a, a sensitive 90s guy at like 160 pounds. We talked about that when we had Jared and Ashley on Jared actually. And Ashley. Yeah. I mean, he could have got like that's serious business. Yeah. They think what wearing headgear. I mean, I've sparred with headgear on. Headgear doesn't protect you that much. In this case they didn't even have headgear they had literally just a mouth guard yeah it's ridiculous it's insane they gotta chill out. i hope that people like give this the attention it deserves it's in i feel like they are just playing with fire until someone actually breaks something anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves there's a funny frankenbite as the guys come out in their uniforms 
where Michael says, this is the worst day I've ever had in my life. Mm. Everybody here is shredded. Mm. I'm here in my mm, dad bod. This is the worst day I've ever had in my life. Everybody here is shredded. I'm here with my dad bod. Foreboding. Foreboding, but yeah. also kind of, I found this slightly like shaming. Like considering this was Frankenbitten. If he had said this, well, the, the, okay, but he didn't. The, this is Frankenbitten enough that clearly they wanted him <laughs> to be ashamed of his, his dad bod. What's amazing is that in any normal circle in America, like Michael would have a great body. Yeah, I but I just think it's interesting that they Frankenbit him saying that, like him showing shame right. and embarrassment of his own body. Yeah, he probably found out later. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I used the words dad bod in a yeah. totally different situation. <laughs> they you took signed it. the waiver. <laughs> so the game begins and the tackles start to get pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And as we discussed, Justin tackles Michael from behind and it looks pretty bad. Katie calls off the game and invites everyone, even the losing team, to the after party. So in the evening, Katie gives Michael that first bit of one-on-one time, which was nice, I think. She says, I was pretty emotional seeing you get hit. And he said, thank you. <laughs> that was good. Good thank the you. The only thing missing from that exchange well, is welcome. her saying. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I find that as funny as I do. When you have an inappropriate thank you, the, the, what you're welcome after that is usually uber inappropriate. <laughs> And so Michael shares that it was Laura's birthday the day before. And he said, it was just kind of a lonely, thoughtful kind of day. Usually I would spend it with my family. But being here, you bring comfort in my life. Can we just talk about how terrible a day Michael had? It's unbelievable. His his wife's birthday, mm-hmm. he gets ridiculed, body shamed, and then he gets literally injured. To an extent where I actually think had they not been in this bubble and it would have been the he end, I, the I think he would have gone to, yeah. You would have gone to the hospital. To the point where he asks Katie for a kiss and she's like, of course you, of course you can kiss me. And he said, no, like, I need you to come to me. I literally cannot come to you for a kiss. He had no support. His lower back was fucked. I feel so bad for him. Okay, so then Connor B gets his one-on-one time. Andy, you said he loves going full V. <laughs> full. So the V is it's there's it's like uh, it's like um, it's like Andrew Sandberg. The V is now it's completely <laughs> there's no bottom. It goes it's down a to the belly button. V. Yeah, it never ends. <laughs> it's like a black hole of V. He plays her song on the ukulele, and it's amazing. amazing. His pitch when he sings. He's got real talent. I'm surprised. That, I, I think he's going to, his career is going to be in music. You know what's funny? Is maybe he's pulling a Jed. Do you know who Jed is? Yes. I think he's pulling up an amazingly <laughs> powerful Jed. Because if his occupation didn't say math teacher, we'd all be like, oh, Connor B is just trying to launch his music oh, yeah, career. Totally. He probably taught like one math class. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's gigging all around the, the country. That's so Math funny. teacher. He's a genius. A genius. Back out on the group date, the guys are talking about how the aggression they showed during the group date, during the Smashball game, reflects how great they all think Katie is, which is kind of... Absurd. Yeah, it's a bit of a questionable association, but... This is like, this is like 1 million BC. Like, there's, there's, it's like, I played a good Smashball game. I obviously love Katie. And Hunter says, despite the injuries, I had fucking fun. And yeah. so we're starting to get Hunter's... Hunter's a jerk. Yeah, a jerk. 
also suddenly a lot of sound clips of him snorting. Yeah, what's going on with that? Isn't it funny how quickly we have a new villain? Yeah, I think they're subtly insinuating that he's like snorting lines in the bathroom or something. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I had the same thought and it they really are highlighting the snorting all the way to the end of the episode to the point where I actually wonder if a couple of the snorts were reused, which by the way, the show has done before. Mm-hmm. They did this with Aaliyah, Aaliyah on Peter's season where she would go, hi, she did this really high pitch, like hi. <laughs> and then they started like sprinkling it all over the place. Oh, it was the same. Like to make her come off more annoying. Right. Like as though she always went, hi. But she only did it once. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. We suddenly, Hunter suddenly snorts constantly. A lot of snorting. Mm -hmm. And then Hunter has his one on one time. He shows Katie photos of his kids. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought this was a sweet exchange between them. But of course, it's painted as this strategic maneuver on his part. We hear him say, my goal is for her to forget about these other relationships mm, and mm, for these guys mm, to come back to the house with their tails between their legs. My goal is for her to forget about these other relationships and for these guys to come back to the house with their tail between their legs. It's not that I think Hunter is some angel, but I don't know. I think I think it was a genuine moment with Katie. Am I am I just gullible? No, I think I think you're right. Back at the house, Andrew S. gets his date card. Andrew S. jokes that it's going to be Blake's name on that card, which I think is really cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's something about seeing the two of them hanging out just warms my heart for some reason. Andrew S. and Blake? Yeah. I just feel like they would get along and it's just, they're both interested yeah, yeah. in keeping the peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so back on the group date, Michael, I think rather unexpectedly, I don't think he was planning on it, reveals his story to the guys. Mm-hmm. And he says, when you see somebody fighting for their life that you love and there's so many things outside your control, you find positive even when your world is falling apart. I got to say, this was every bit as powerful as the first time because of the guy's reactions. Yeah. Well, first of all, the story is really tragic, but Greg gets super emotional. And I just, this really made me like Greg a lot, honestly. Just, you know, everyone was sad, but Greg was like, You let it all out. You let it all out. He said in his ITM, he walks around with a smile every single day, knowing how I just worry about the smallest things. It just really does put things in perspective. He said exactly what we were all thinking. Yes. Michael has the most incredible attitude about this. Yeah. Michael says to the guys, what I do have a crazy perspective on is time. The value of we are here on this earth for a finite amount of time. Don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. It's true. You just, it's if so only true. you could stop it. I wish. We fantasize about stopping time a lot. Too too much, I think. It's it, probably not good for us. <laughs> we, we fantasize about a lot of things that are probably not good for us. <laughs> it's one of them. Then we hear Greg say, hearing Michael's story, it's like you have to live every day like it's your last. So with Katie, I feel I have to step it up a little bit. I thought that was an amazing segue. I mean, all... all credit to greg for his incredibly appropriate reaction to what michael was saying but then he's like it's like okay my friend just told me about his wife dying i'm gonna go make out with his girlfriend (laughs) the bachelorette an amazing an amazing environment it is not reality it's true and Mm -hmm. i will also say that that was definitely edited like you could see how they pigeonholed greg's reaction to michael's story as being about katie yeah 
you know, he couldn't just feel grief for Michael. He had to share it with funnel, funnel yeah. that grief into something motivating him with Katie. Exactly. Yeah. So in his one-on-one time, Katie tells Greg that he has resting sad face. It's true. And he says, it was tough for me the other night, but I'm completely crazy about you. And she says, I was scared you were going to want to leave. And he said, I'm going to tough it out for you as hard as this is. Trust me, it's so hard. I felt like we didn't get enough context. Were they talking about the night with Thomas? I think that there's something, it's been barely touched on, but there's a little more to Greg's reticence about the whole group environment than you know, being... we as the audience have been led on to believe. I think he's he's expressed to Katie... In po- he's expressed on camera, mm-hmm. but as well as probably off camera, like he really is uncomfortable with the situation. Which I wish they would show more of because I love it when they do that. Yeah. I, to be honest, I wrote this in my notes. I've been getting, like, I feel like Greg's edit is familiar. Like it reminds me of my own, yes. honestly. Mm-hmm. And I know well how it feels to be uncomfortable with cameras. And you almost wish that they would just talk about how uncomfortable you are with the cameras so that everyone knows that this just isn't your personality. It's the circumstance. Well, I think production shies away from people who are too normal, having too normal reactions. They're like, no, 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 too normal, too normal. Get away from that. And even though they are more open about breaking that fourth wall, things like that are still too fourth wall breaking. Too much. Yeah. Too much wall. They they want to keep the mystique. (laughs) They want to keep the mystique. You got to take the wall down a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, it just sort of struck me how the night they were talking about, I suppose that's the night with Thomas. I guess he's exhausted by all the drama, but it just wasn't that specific and I wasn't really sure. I don't even think it was the drama. I think it's that he's just not comfortable with the group environment. Yeah, combined with, it is combined with the drama to to some extent. If they all got along great all the time and didn't have to sit around. Again, remember, always behind the scenes, the guys are told to sit there and talk about Thomas. They're told and sit to sit there and talk about Blake. Right, right. It's never just, oh, this is happening to you, but sure. you can go distract yourself. Sure. Katie says, truthfully, one of my biggest fears is you wanting to leave. And he said, no, I would never. And she said, promise. And he says, mm-hmm. And then they kiss. This is the first hint we're getting that Greg really is a fence sitter, mm-hmm. which again reminds me <laughs> once again of my edit. But which, which, by the way, wasn't just an edit. It was also reality. It's just interesting how last week we thought he was just a little less into her. I actually think we're, we were a little wrong. I think he's very into her. He's just not into everything else. Right. He's into every. He's not into everything but her. Yeah. So they make out. It feels very intense. Yeah, like he's going off to war. Yeah, it feels very like passionate, like this mm-hmm. might be our last kiss. It just feels, everything about the relationship is, it feels, I really love what she has with Greg, but at the same time, this episode made me really like doubt his staying power, I suppose, emotionally it's, for him. It's certainly planted to see that there's a chance he just leaves. Yes, that seed was he definitely pulls planted. pulls a Charlene. <laughs> yes. And Andy, during this kiss, you said, how weird is making out? I did. And then we had a whole conversation about how weird kissing is. It's true. Yeah, it's like, I like you. I like spending time with you. I'm going to put my wet mouth on yours and just kind of move it around. Kind of <laughs> eat your mouth. <laughs> it's really funny when you think I mean, it. it's great. I like uh, kissing is great. But it's just when you th- really think about it, it's very odd. It is very strange. Yeah, It's just like a thing you do. Like, OK, time to put our mouths together. And yeah, kind of the, mush use it the same hole that we used to breathe and drink and eat. Yeah. And then like move them around and kind of like chew and like and suck. put our, our tongues in each other's yeah, mouths. Yeah, <laughs> put our t- like, so feel our tongues together. 
I mean, it's great, but it's weird. It is weird. Life is weird. Life. Everything's weird if you think about it. We're all a bunch of animals. We are. Yeah. We are animals. We're basically licking each other. Yeah, we're constantly just putting our mouths all over each other's bodies. <laughs> it's just like a leech. <laughs> exactly like a leech. Nailed it. And then we get a voiceover of Greg's that goes, if I don't get that rose tonight, mm, it'd be heartbreaking mm, because mm, I am falling in love with Katie. If I don't get that rose tonight, it'll be heartbreaking because I am falling in love with Katie. I'm just pointing this out because we didn't see this come out of his mouth and him saying I'm falling in love with Katie. I would question whether or not he actually said it in this moment or even in this week. Mm -hmm. I just say that. Again, his whole edit reminds me of mine. And I remember in around episode three or four, I watched myself say I was falling in love with Juan Pablo when I know I didn't say it. Amazing. Yeah. So just something to bear in mind. And then Katie gives the rose to Hunter, mm. causing quite the upset. Mm. And then we hear Aaron say in a Frankenbite, Hunter got the rose mm, and mm. I don't necessarily think he deserves it. I just think he's mm, two-faced. Mm, I don't know. It's just like mm, he comes off fake. Hunter got the rose, and I don't necessarily think he deserves it. I just think he's two-faced. I don't know. It's just like he comes off fake. I agree with the thing that Aaron did not say ever. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Aaron doesn't like Hunter. Aaron doesn't like a lot of people. But I get that Hunter's annoying. I, I can yeah. I can feel like I get it. Oh, yeah. I, it's not that I don't think Hunter deserves this. In fact, I would argue he deserves his villain edit or what's happening so far more than either Carl or Thomas. That's a bold statement. You're going to get some real you're going to stir some debate. Well, you can just see enough coming out of Hunter's mouth of him just sort of not giving a shit about anyone or the experience that. And of course, this is colored, too, by what happens yeah. in the rose ceremony cocktail party. But Hunter just doesn't care as much about things that when they were done to him, he certainly did care about. Now that I think about it, I think I would have been more annoyed with Hunter than Thomas. Oh, Carl was pretty annoying. <laughs> Somewhere in between Thomas and Carl is Hunter's annoyingness. Okay. So Andrew S. has his one-on-one -on -one date, and it's one of those evening dates where they go off into the woods with lanterns. Hmm. And there's a lit area when they have to open these envelopes and ask each other questions. I feel like this was supposed to be funny, like the dance moves bit. It was neither fun nor funny. <laughs> it was a not fun, not funny day. Yeah, this to me is not funny. Show me your best dance moves or worst dance moves. It was it, just like... Yeah, this is not... It just feels so forced. It is better to just go and have an activity and talk about the activity or go to a, a new culture and talk about that culture or just... Something that's not like, let's continue to talk about our relationship. Yeah, I Tell agree. me everything about yourself so that I know. Just, yeah, I think they're ugh. running out of ideas. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have landed if two people were extremely extroverted and had great dance moves or hilarious dance moves, but it was, it was a long shot. Yeah. So there's envelopes, then breaking hearts, and then giant balloons. Then Katie asks the question, what is something you learned from your parents' relationship? Mm -hmm. And he said, it's a bunch of what I've learned not to do. I've learned not to leave my partner hanging, even when things are tough. You can miss out a lot on life with your partner and with your kids. I just don't want to miss any moments with mine. And she says, I learned to not settle and that marriage is meant to be forever and to take the time to find your forever. I thought this was really nice. Yeah. Great sentiment. Both very poignant. Very poignant. 
if not fun or funny. Yes. <laughs> Poignant, neither fun nor funny. Though. Yes. And then in the evening of the evening, or even later, they go and have dinner. And the opening question Katie has is, what makes who you are in this exact moment? Andy, you said, wow, real softballs. <laughs> poor, poor Andrew S. Yeah. Andrew S. reveals that his dad went to prison, yeah. I suppose, at when he was six years old. That's tough. <sighs> Brutal. And he expresses having felt envy when he was getting really into football and he would see other families and dads come to congratulate ah, his friends and teammates. That's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. You know what, though? It built his character, I bet. He is who he is because of that. He, 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 he overcame that. Yeah, but it is super heartbreaking to imagine that. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to be there for my kid. That's all that matters to me. And ah, Andrew S. I know. He just comes through every, every time. Every time. And then the music stops and Andrew S. addresses race. Mm-hmm. He says, one of my exes that I had back in the day, she was worried about having mixed children. Mm-hmm. I know her heart and her character. She's not racist or anything, but she was worried about going to a grocery store and someone asking, are these your kids? And they not look like her. Hearing that was tough. Oof. I this I found this pretty heartbreaking as someone who, like I know this happened to my mom mm-hmm. everywhere we went when and we were kids. Me. Yeah, and it's tough because you know what it does. It doesn't make me hate his ex girlfriend, even though I kind of can't believe she would tell him that. But what I it makes me hate people. Yeah, you know it makes me hate that like the stranger that would be like, "Are these your kids?" Terrible. Like, who who are you? Like, if you need to ask that question because you don't know, don't say anything. Then why do you think it's your business to know anything? Yes, about this. Exactly. If you don't know her, them, her, him, whomever, well enough to know yeah. that it's their kids, and just don't ask that question. You yeah. can gather it by context Agreed. or by what's shared with you. Agreed. I just know that when we were little, everywhere we went, my mom was thought to be our nanny. Unbelievable. This got me and. I mean, we agree this is Flashpoint. This entire conversation, by the way, yes. is Flashpoint of the episode. Katie says, I feel so naive as a white woman of the struggles you experience as a black man. Know that for me, I think our love could be so beautiful and our children would be just as beautiful as that love. And I don't give a flying fuck if people want to look at me. Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Where were you for my... Oh, sorry. Let's do that again. Flashpoint. You're not going to do it. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. One more time. (laughs) Flashpoint. Is that the sound of a flashpoint? I don't know. It's like. Oh. Or. Oh, okay. Okay. Or. or, Oh, that's more like a brand. I think that's what it is. It's. Why does it need the first? Because it's like the wind of the. Okay. It's like a hammer. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Flashpoint. That was it. Yeah, I loved this conversation. Uh, I just love that he goes there and he doesn't, and it's not even in this way where he's like, oh, my ex said this. Like he could almost understand why she felt that way. Although, mm-hmm. I, again, I cannot believe that the ex would express that to him, like verbalize that to him and give him what would could only naturally become a hang up and a concern yeah. if and when he dates a, another white woman. But you know what I think is super exciting about Katie as the lead is that possibly for the first time ever, you really get the feeling that she could just as easily pick a black guy as a white guy at the end of this. I couldn't agree more. 
it's a very exciting feeling to watch that kind of a person, that kind of a lead in this role. I totally agree. Because, and I don't want to, I'm not insinuating that past leads have necessarily kept around contestants of color for optics, but I do think that has happened. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't think that they've liked the people, but I also think that they were never seriously considering picking them or ending up engaged to I them. I couldn't agree more. And of course, now we're getting back to a conversation of like chicken or the egg with this entire franchise and their propensity to cast a lead who is not uh, as open-minded. As right, but like then them. also cast many people of color who they know they're not going to... That's the thing. You Okay, then you, you so you cast all these people of color, but then you're casting a lead who's not actually open to marrying someone right. of color. Right, so what do you expect yeah. to happen? Yeah, exactly. So it's really cool to have a lead like this where I genuinely think she could just as easily pick Andrew S. as someone else. And her timing couldn't have been better because Andrew S. is so, so sweet. <laughs> we love Andrew S. We continue to love oh, him. Yeah. In any, I he could see him on any show. I would yeah. love him on the news. <laughs> Katie says Andrew S. is going to be a really amazing husband and father. And we agree. Mm-hmm. He definitely is. Okay, this brings us to the Rose Ceremony cocktail party. And someone says, funny how there's no drama heading into the ceremony, but there's more tension. Justin gets his one-on-one time and they play a game he came up with called I Accept versus Thank You for Your Feedback. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the name of it, but that's what I called it. I thought this was cute. He asks, I would rather go one whole year without music than without sex. And she selected sex over music. Mm -hmm. And Andy, you said, does that include other things? (laughs) Important disclaimer. I would struggle with this because music is a big part of my life. I would struggle, I think. I think I would pick the music. I'm sorry, husband. Uh, Yes, I (laughs) suspected you might pick the music. You pick the sex. I would have to pick the sex. Music, though? Music. I could hear music in my mind. I I could make the music happen in my mind. I could close my eyes and hear it. I don't think I can make the sex happen in my mind. I'm wondering if you could sing to yourself. I could sing. Well, that's the question. Okay, does it include other things? So does it include things other than penetrative sex? And does it include making your own music? Thank you. I think the question has to be taken to the woodshed a little bit, (laughs) but I'm still leaning towards sex in any scenario. Okay, if if it does not include other things, I'm leaning towards music. But I love you. I know, you don't have to repeat that you're (laughs) leaning towards music. I got it the first time. Okay. So back in the main area, we see the guys in another man chat and Trey is showing concern about getting his heart broken or other guys leaving and just feeling general. I mean, Trey, Trey better get used to that feeling if he's worried about getting his heart broken. <laughs> Trey's got Trey's on borrowed time. <laughs> and then we see Hunter say, good Lord. So there's two things I wanted to point out about this. By the way, there's no way Hunter said good Lord to that situation. That's what, okay, that's No number, way, zero chance. That's number one. It makes no sense. But let's say he did, so it's like him generally rolling his eyes about Trey being concerned about guys going home and yeah. worried about getting his heart broken. Okay, we get it. Hunter doesn't give a shit about other people. That's the vibe we're being fed. Sure. But I agree. I don't know if good Lord was put in the spot. And I also think it's important to remember that this entire conversation is producer prompted. Mm-hmm. It's not like the guys are just, just happen to be talking about this. Right. So if Hunter did say good Lord in this, in this setting, he's a real dick. Yeah. Cause it's not like Trey wanted to talk about this anyway. Right. Just putting that out there. You're right. 
And then we get a Frankenbite from Hunter that goes, I was aggressive and I got a rose. So mm, moving forward, mm, that's my mm, strategy. I was aggressive and I got a rose. So moving forward, that's my strategy. Hunter takes one on one time, despite having a rose on his lapel. And James rightfully says, what pisses me off is I know he would have something to say if it were the other way around. I agree. Of course. Hunter has been very vocal and very quick to pounce on other people's missteps. This happens all the time in the show, is that a guy who has a rose ends up stealing all sorts of time Mm -hmm. when other guys need it more. Yeah. But it rarely happens when the guy was bellyaching about other people with a rose (laughs) stealing his time. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. It is very hypocritical. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm of the camp that if you have a rose, you don't. Like, it's just a matter of courtesy. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Also, just like, it's like, why stress yourself out? You can only hurt yourself if you have the rose. Like, it's like back off. Like, that's the finish. It's the end. It's like when a guy, like a band, like keeps finishing a song. <laughs> it's like, boom. And you're like, no, it's over. Stop. Stop the first time. Yeah, you got the rose. Good. Yes. You got the rose. Yeah. Back away. Back into the bushes. You're safe. Mm-hmm. All you can do is hurt yourself tonight. Yeah. Back away. It's like you're given a, a free pass. It's almost a gift. You're like, you don't have to do anything. Go yes. relax. Yes. Go on your, go, go watch. Oh, you can't watch TV. You can't watch TV. Have a, have a, have a workout. Have you do your, do your workout bands. Those <laughs> elastic bands they all do. So James steals Katie. Yeah. And of course, angering Hunter. And James gets his kiss. I got to say, I like James. I feel like we're not giving... I've given James a lot of love in my fashion recaps. By the way, anyone who doesn't know about these, I do a fashion roundup. And the link is in the bio. But uh, he's been very well dressed. But I don't think we've given him the love he deserves. I like James. Yeah, I... I but for me, I, I like him. My jury's a little bit still out on James. Oh. Because he he's extremely controlled. Like, he's very serious. He's very... There's not much humor with James. It's funny, but he led with humor... But there's been no humor what since would, What did he lead with He again? was the guy in the box. Oh, yeah. But there's been no humor. He's like a dead serious all the time. You but remember, that? you say that, but when he did come out in the box, you had a lot of issues with that joke. Oh, yeah. He, You're I, like, I there's think, no punchline. He's just in a box. I got to be honest. I like James, too, but he has a very strained relationship with humor. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Well, I like James. I think he carries himself well. And I think the things he gets upset about are the correct things. Yes. And so I absolutely yeah. agree. I agree, though. I don't think James is he's not coming off as stand up comedian or anything. But yeah, he's very polished in his entire presentation, but also also says things that are appropriate and meaningful. Just not funny. He's ever. so well dressed. So well dressed. You're blinded by that. I think you his <laughs> dressing is so strong that you would accept no humor. <laughs> That's not true, by the but way. But you love fashion. I mean, I respect that. I just like that he goes there. Yeah. Like, he really just commits. He, and he does the slicked hair. Like, he just thinks top to bottom, tippy top hair to the point of his shoes. He's just like... So put together. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you don't need humor. You don't, <laughs> and not everyone has to be a clown. Let the guy not be funny. He's got a lot of good qualities. And then Hunter continues to seem like he's on something. There's just a lot of snorting. A lot of snorting. I don't know if these were all his snorts. Are you allowed to bring hard drugs on the set of The Bastard? No, you are not. Okay, just joking. <laughs> it just felt like they were suggesting something 
And I highly doubt that every single snort we were shown was a, a fresh new snort of hunters. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of uh, pollen in the air in Maybe. New Mexico. All right. It's finally the rose ceremony. And people getting roses are Greg, Aaron, Michael, Connor B., James, Justin, Mike P., Brendan, and Trey. And going home is Josh, Andrew M., and Courtney. And when hugging Courtney goodbye, Katie says, I'm so proud of you. Hmm. And everyone applauds. What did he do? And I'm like, thank you. Exactly. What did, what he, did do? he do? We didn't get any context. In fact, the only other time of Courtney's we were shown this episode is when he was wrapping toilet paper around his body. I'm not joking. We didn't get any of Courtney's story. There was something there where when she sent him home, she said, I'm so proud of you. And we were not shown it. It's just. Why were we shown the I'm so proud of you? We shouldn't have been shown that. That's confusing everybody. It is confusing everyone. I suspect it's because it makes Katie look good. Okay. You know, like, I cared about you. Like, I'm so proud of you. But we got to be given something more than that. I could have done with a whole lot less, I don't know, Carl, and more with knowing why she's proud of Courtney. Uh, Yeah, it sounded, without context, it just sounds super patronizing. (laughs) It's It's like, I'm so proud of you. You're leaving with such dignity. (laughs) It's so true. And then the episode ends with Hunter declaring he's not going to let the guys steal his joy. (laughs) (laughs) No comment needed. Yeah, no comment needed. We know that Hunter will continue to be the villain. And then we get a preview for the rest of the season. And oh, my God, it is intense. It's like a Jason Bourne preview. Yes. It felt like a really high budget action movie preview. Boom. Yeah, and it just Boom. kept building. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, it, it, the tears were like rhythmic yeah. to the music and the sound effects. Uh-huh. It was really intense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it kind of, yeah, I don't want to, I don't like speculating too much based on previews because they're often wrong, but whew, there's a lot coming. A lot. <laughs> so, Andy, the Shandy Word Watch, mm-hmm. there were only two. Only two. Intentions. And they came in very, very quick succession. Quick succession at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And we have four winners. Four of you. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's the most Each effort. one wins $10,000. <laughs> we did not budget for that. This is a problem. So four of you. Congratulations to Rebecca Writing, Gabrielle San Pedro, Jacqueline Dean, and April Keys. You guessed correctly. Thumbs up. All right, Andy, do you feel ready to get to our predictions? <sighs> I struggle with this. You know I have a difficult time choosing things it's funny to watch you because you were so sure you know when there were basically four front runners you're like it's these four and he's winning and then as the plot sort of thickens Mm. i can see you struggling a bit and it's so cute because it's such an authentic reaction this is truly what watching the bachelor such bachelorette is like you know like you just don't that's i guess that's the point they don't want you to know keep you on your toes keep you on your toes i still go ahead no go I think I was, I, I abandoned my strong conviction that Andrew S. was going to be number three too soon. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to go back to that. Okay. So, yeah, you thought Andrew S. was the most solid number three ever. Ever. And then you bumped Franchise him up to number history. two. You were blinded by your affection, your personal affection. I was. Affection. I have to set aside my personal feelings. Yeah. And, and that's what's going to be reflected in my top four this week. All right. So who's in your top spot? still michael even in spite of that preview or did you i'm not going to be fooled by production okay (laughs) yeah the preview would suggest that michael thinks about leaving at least Mm -hmm. due to missing his anyone who thinks about leaving is more likely to win 
that thinking about leaving is the number one indicator that you're going to win the show. It could also be an indicator that you leave. Very rarely. Usually a preview indicating anything is an indicator of the opposite of the thing that preview is indicating. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so you have Michael in your top spot. Still top. I have to admit, I also have Michael in my oh, top spot. Oh, I'm surprised. Spot. Yeah, I thought about it, but I too don't want to be swayed by nice. a preview. I think that I just, you know, I, I like to see how it unfolds. Mm-hmm. And we've been fooled too many times. As George Bush would say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. <laughs> I'm not getting fooled again. And, and, and at that time, we thought that was a really unbelievably stupid thing for a president to say. How naive we were. Okay, so we both have Michael in the top spot. We are sticking to our guns, even though the previews are suggesting something might happen there. Yes. But we just really believe in Michael. I believe in Michael. I, right. I'm not wavering. Who do you have in your second spot? I'm putting Greg back in there with a heavy heart. Uh, okay, so you bumped down Andrew S. and pushed up Greg. It's a very We're sub- honestly, it's it a should subtle, have been all along. It's a very slight adjustment. I mean, to me, Greg is ahead of Andrew S. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, she, with Andrew S., I feel like she wants to fall in love with Andrew S., but mm-hmm. I think with Greg, she can't help it. Mm-hmm. I so well said. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so for me, I have Blake in my second spot. Whoa. Yeah. And it's because I think they have unbelievable kissing chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think Katie wants to have the sexy time with Blake ASAP. Yeah, but she can have sexy time in the fourth spot. What? Never mind. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was never mind. Wait, what were you saying? Saying she can have him in the top four and still have sex. <laughs> Is that not appropriate? It's actually top three, technically. Fantasy Suites top four. No, Hometowns is top four. Fantasy Suites top three. Yeah, that would that's probably more appropriate. <laughs> you don't want to have too many people in that round. It gets a little hairy. Yeah, so I have Blake in that second spot. I just feel they have such a mutual understanding. They're both very mm-hmm. outdoorsy. Something about, you know, she's from the Seattle area. He's from Ontario. I can really see that meshing. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. did that opera in Seattle and I was like, it feels Canadian here. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You I, did say that. Yeah. I just feel them being on the same wavelength and wanting to get naked together. I so, agree. I mean, they were rolling in the hay, <laughs> quite literally. Yes. Okay, so who do you have in your third spot? I mean, now I'm a little conflicted with this late information I've received that Fantasy Suite is only the top three. Uh, did I? Am I shifting things as we? Well, are you on? allowed to have sex with someone if they're not in the top? Like you can go off and have sex you can with pull anybody a Caitlin, you want. You can pull a Caitlin Bristow. There you go. Okay, Nick. so maybe that'll happen. Anyway, I'm not going to let that sway me. Andrew S. is my perennial most third ever in the history of the except franchise. for last week when he was yeah I, I had a momentary lapse but andrew s is number three all the way home all right i am putting in my third spot greg mm-hmm. uh and it's not based on previews as much though they did look kind of concerning but it more just even in this episode it's a little early for him to already be talking about you know sticking it out and like it's gonna get worse before it gets better to be honest yeah and if he's having this hard a time now 
that's not gonna get easier it just felt like a lot of foreshadowing i feel like greg is a bit of a fence sitter i see myself in greg i see my edit in greg's edit and therefore i have bumped greg down to third interestingly i was doing a little trolling not trolling is that like what the kids call it i was i was stalking yes yes (laughs) trolling i'm not trolling i think they might be the same thing similar so Greg, as I, I was I was looking through his Instagram, mm-hmm. the things I do, I look through men's Instagrams yeah. in my spare time, was a very competitive uh, college basketball player. Greg? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. Because, you know, on The Bachelor, everyone's like seven feet tall. So Greg looks like a little shrimp, but mm-hmm. he's actually kind of not short at all. Yeah, very few people on this show are, to be honest. None of them. Unless, unless what, you're female, <laughs> then you're even, allowed to be short. My point is, I think Greg has a real competitive spirit in him. Oh. And I don't think he's going to be broken by this show. I think he's going to muscle his way through. So you still have him in, in position two. Yes. Okay. And who do you have in your fourth spot? I have the newcomer, Blake. Okay. Even though that means that she may not have sex with him? I think she's going to go extracurricular sex with him. <laughs> All right. I have a real curveball in my fourth spot. Can I guess? Sure. I got it. Okay. Hunter. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's such a diss to Hunter that I just laughed as hard as I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that no, shouldn't it, be that funny. It, it's not Hunter, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's that's hilarious. Um, okay, my second guess would be uh, Michael the Virgin. First of all, that's Mike, Mike P. Okay. And no, it's not. Can I have one more guess? This yes. is getting embarrassing. He's been in my top four before. I don't know why you're struggling. Justin. Yes. What? You no. Justin got more one-on-one time shown at that rose ceremony cocktail party with the game, and. It was the only one-on-one time shown other than drama between James and Hunter, Hunter having stolen time and all that stuff. And that's the second time that's happened. We've been shown time with Justin. I think Justin is the season's dark horse. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> and and that's coming from someone who actually had Justin as his dark horse after episode one. I know. One. You, you love Justin. You love Justin. I like Justin. Um, I like him a little less than I did at the beginning. Oh, why? Uh, I like him more than I did at oh, the beginning. Oh, wow. Interesting. I, I not not a lot less. I just I've, he's great. I've, I've grown tired of Justin. <laughs> Why? I'm very of, fickle of, when it comes to my bachelor men. I don't know. I just he's not doing it for me anymore. But uh, <laughs> I will say that the only way Justin makes top four is if there is a terrible accident on set and several people are 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 killed. <laughs> oh my god! Several front runners are killed. We'll see about that. Okay. That's all I can say. We shall. Yeah, we'll see about that. I just feel like Justin been, has been shown some very notable one-on-one time here and there when it did not need to be shown. I mean, I agree with you, and I don't know why, but I do not think he's Final Four. Can you come on, Justin? Hometowns? He's he's not a real. I'm, I'm going back to what I said about Andrew S. earlier. I think Katie really wants to fall in love with Andrew S. Yeah. I just think it's too obvious that it's going to be these guys. Oh, Justin. 
I, I, I would like to try to sway you so that you don't embarrass yourself. I'll put it this way. If there was a 4.5 or just the next one down the list, obviously it would be Andrew S. But I just don't know if I see Katie picking Andrew S based on that one-on-one date. Well, I can see potential with people that we haven't seen her have that much interaction with yet. Again, if Andrew S. happens to get run over by a cement rolling truck, that's the only <laughs> I way. I love how protective you are of Andrew S. You're like, how dare Andrew S. not be in your top four? It's You're mad at me. It's un-American. <laughs> how dare you? I just like to keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize it's a weird choice, but otherwise we just have the same top four guys over and over again. And but I you- think that there could be something to come with Justin. So. Okay. I just have my eye on him. It's also not the first time I've had him in my top four. You're just shocked that I'm replacing Andrew S. That's shocking. Yeah. I'm offended. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add about this episode, Andy? No, I think we've said uh, uh, as much, if not more, than needed to be said. (laughs) If you guys enjoyed what you heard today, then you can keep Dear Shandy in business by liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell. It's right there if you're watching the video. It's just right there. We'll wait. <laughs> so the subscribe button is just a little lower on the left. Well, you really know exactly where it's I actually it might be wrong. I might be on the right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Better take two takes of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lower. Mm-hmm. And, oh, telling your friends. Mm-hmm. Following us on Instagram. Yeah. And leaving us iTunes ratings and reviews, which mm-hmm. is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And on that note, I think that's a wrap yeah. on this recap episode of Dear Shandy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye. Dear Shandy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.